0: Welcome to another episode of the Misadventures of an Inspired Woman podcast. Today, our guest is Jillian Reeds. Jillian began her entertainment career as an actress in the Chicago theater scene. It was also there she got her first taste of directing in the local theater. After moving to Los Angeles to continue her acting career, she has graced the screen as the lead in TV One's media Recurring roles on Young and the Restless and CSI Miami guest spots on top shows, including Grey's Anatomy, Masters of Sex, Game of Silence, and dozens of national commercials. In addition to acting, Jillian regularly coaches actors for auditions and self tapes, has co directed an award winning short she wrote, Hope Reigns, and is a passionate advocate for being a voice of the underserved in our community. Jillian found that these activities served her well as she made her directing debut with the short film Broken, which she penned to highlight the often overlooked plight of families in the country's mental health crisis. She was able to create a visually moving story, draw amazing performance from the actors, and create a sense of community on set for the cast and crew. In directing, she found a space where she would truly utilize her multitude of skills and found a career match made in heaven. After spending over a decade as a performer, she is now shifting much of her focus to directing and creating content. Welcome Julian. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm so happy that you were able to make the time. I know we're on like completely different time zones. <laughs> yeah. What time is it? So you're in Italy. Yeah, it's 6.30 in the evening. Here. In the evening. So you've had yeah. a full day. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and, we're, and we're like halfway through the day here in New York. So thank you for um, taking the time to, to hang out with us and tell us more about Jillian and her path to like, okay, how did you end up in Italy? Sometimes I don't know where to start with people. <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah, you did all these amazing
1: things. You are, how all long right. have you been in Italy? I've been here since November, mm-hmm. so uh, pushing three months, I think. Yeah. And oh yeah, I'm about at three months. Okay, time goes fast. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I got here in November uh, mostly because I was sort of locked down. You know, we've all been locked down, and I was locked down in LA for since March. And um, I don't know if you've been to LA, but being locked down in LA is just not much that's inspiring. It's it's. Um, i just sort of felt like i was depleted and i really wanted to you know be inspired and in awe of some things and i knew COVID was probably gonna get pretty bad because i saw it coming Mm -hmm. and i was like i gotta get out of (laughs) here so uh around october um i started making plans to leave the country for a little bit and i had some friends here so um i'm now here uh, studying italian i'm writing some things i'm actually um i'm actually I came here just to kind of hang out and 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 uh relax and chill ended up writing two scripts and so we're actually going to start shooting one of those tomorrow amazing Um, i know yeah and which is really kind of what i wanted i want you know i kind of felt super uninspired like just sort of looking at my four walls and just the craziness that was going on in politics and anti-maskers and the whole thing um and so yeah I kind of came here and found some space in my head to be creative and and um a desire to sort of create you know it's ridiculously beautiful I'm in Florence it's ridiculously beautiful and uh (laughs) and it's super calm and and everybody's you know the virus rates are really low so we can eat out, we can go out, you know, uh, so, it's a lot more freedom and and room to breathe. So it's so good here. Um, Hopefully I can stay here a couple more months. Nice.
0: That's so lovely to be in that space where your creativity is just flowing.
1: Yeah, for Um, sure.
0: it, It really is a nice space to be in. So how does one go from like, did you grow up in Chicago? I grew up in South Carolina. Okay. So t- okay, it's a very, very small town. <laughs> okay. So take us back to little Jillian. <laughs> <laughs> take <laughs> us back to little Jillian in South Carolina. And what, what was it that led you to what's acting? Like, did you always know that was what you wanted to do? No. no. Tell us, tell no, us about was, South Carolina.
1: Yeah. So I grew up in a really rural very rural town. You know, um, we had a wood stove. We had well water. We, we, it was just straight rural. You know, if it rained, that well water would turn orange or brown. <laughs> like it was very, um, like Little House on the Prairie or something like that. Uh, So from a very young age, I sort of knew I wanted to like not be there. I was like, I got to get out of here. Like I (laughs) I would like to go to a place where I could just turn the heat on in one place and the whole house get warm. That was my whole, when I moved out, I was like, I'm going to go into this place. It has something called central heat. I was very excited about it. Um, But uh, so I always knew I wanted to leave. I was very, very shy though. I didn't care to be, In the center of anybody's attention. I didn't even want to do church plays. I did not want to do anything. I was very shy. Um, I didn't really start acting until college. Um, I stayed in South Carolina for college Um, and uh, I was having a lot of fun my first semester to the point where I forgot I was in college. Okay. So the second semester, I got a letter that was like, "Uh, you're gonna need to do better, or you're gonna need to go home. (laughs) So so, um, that next semester, I took just all, I was like, all right, all right, I'm refocused. I'm gonna take all easy classes because I wanted to get all A's to bring that GPA up. So theater was one of those classes. And um, that school in South Carolina, University of South Carolina, It. um, It. They also give like master's degrees in in directing and in and in um scene, like uh, scene construction and in costumes. So I auditioned. My my acting teacher was like, you should audition for the show I'm doing, and so I did. And it was a huge production. Like this particular. Um, school, I mean, like the no, the state newspaper would come to review. Uh, like it was, it like we would get our costumes made, the sets designed. They were huge productions in the town. So um, I did the first show, which I was completely nervous, and then, and then I just kind of took another class, and then I auditioned for another show, and then before I knew it, like they were doing shows around me for my senior year. Um, and uh, and then that's sort of that was how it began. And then I went to Chicago from there for grad school, started working really fast in Chicago. Um, so Why I Chicago? Like, what what, 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 what so was I got, the draw yeah. to Chicago? <laughs> um, so, well, I got into school there. <laughs> um, that was my main draw because they have a thing called IRTA. So when you're in the theater world, uh, you want to go to get your master's. Um, they have a thing called Erda. So Erda comes to New York. It goes to Chicago. It goes to LA. And all the schools come to Erda, mm-hmm. and so the, you can go to Erda and audition for all the schools—not well, all the schools, but all the schools that attend Erda at once. So, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's sort of uh, like yeah, you pay one fee and you get to audition for everybody. And so I had gotten into a couple places, and Chicago just seemed to make the most sense. It wasn't like all the way in California, um, you know. Um, it just seemed to make the most sense I didn't know much about it I just was like "This is where I'm going so um, I did that now mind you let me just say to retract <laughs> a little bit in high school so in high school um, I ended up graduating early and I set out a year because I got pregnant with twins okay so so when I go to Chicago it's me and these like two young very little I guess they were maybe sixth grade no what am I saying six years old by then no. Yeah. Yeah. About six, five, six. So then we all moved to Chicago. We're in, I'm in grad school and, and a mom and acting. Um, and then I started, so in at that time in Chicago, you couldn't uh, make a living as an actor really. Like it was something that you did on the side kind of for extra money or um, theater because you love it. And the town loves it. You know, you have Steppenwolf and the Goodman and stuff. My first show, the director from the Goodman directed it. And um So they really appreciate theater in Chicago. So it's a great city to get Mm -hmm. started in and to really work and to really just um, be appreciated for your art. So um, I did a lot of that. I did like local um, commercials and stuff. I did independent films there. I did my first commercial, my first union commercial there. And then after about five years, it was kind of clearly time for me to either stay or move to la and then Mm -hmm. decided to move to la so you just you just dropped i got pregnant with twins in high school and then
0: i got to chicago so let's go back (laughs) that's how it happened girl (laughs) it's like boom and then they were and then they were six (laughs) So let's go back because a lot okay. of what we, we try to, we love highlighting amazing women like yourself and, and all the great things you're doing. But we also, and we also want folks to see like, Hey, you didn't just wake up fab. Like you might've woken up fabulous. You might've been born <laughs> fabulous, but there definitely are days where there is no fabulosity and where there's hardship and we're like,
1: yeah, for so, sure. so to
0: be a teenager. And um, was this like your senior year, your junior year? Um,
1: It was my junior year. It's my junior year. Yeah, luckily, um, I was in the gifted program, so I had been taking a lot of classes. So when I got pregnant in my junior year, I really only needed one more class to graduate. Okay. Um, So I just uh, took that one class over the summer um chemistry I think it was I remember right and then I had the kids well I had the kids uh, I guess I had the kids before the end of that school year I did that summer school so I graduated um and then I sat out a year Mm -hmm. um because I had you know I was going to go to Howard I'd already got my acceptance letter but then two kids changed that whole thing and I was like I can't you know like looking at family housing it was at, to me, from a little town in the South seemed astronomical at the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then so I waited a year, but I had already applied to those schools. So right. actually, when I ended up going to college uh, to the, to USC locally, I just called them one day because I was like, I gotta like, you know, I started working just in the town. Um, and I was like, I can't have this be like my story, <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, I cannot, cause like I said, from a young person, I was like, I gotta get out of here. So I was like, I have to figure this out. And I happened to call the school one day and I said, Hey, I applied like a year ago, but then I had kids. I was like, can I still come? <laughs> so I told the lady and she said, well, have you registered at tips? I was like, I don't know what that means. Oh, she's like, are you on tips? And I was like, I don't know what it means. She's like, have you registered? I was like, no. She's like, can you be here in thirty minutes? And I was like, yes, I can. And so I went to the school, got enrolled, and that's how I started college. Oh wow! I just got chills when you told that story because
0: yeah. I think moments like those are really, like.
1: It's either make it or break it, right? Like yeah. those moments. That was the last one. She was like, This is the last registration period. And so I didn't even have a car. I had to ask my grandmother or my aunt or something for a ride downtown. And that's why also I didn't do so well because, you know, you got to, we didn't really have advocates. And so some older. Caucasian gentleman uh didn't didn't know a lot about my situation so scheduled me for like all these eight o'clock chemistry and calculus all these like eight o'clock classes and it was just at some point like too much and so Mm -hmm. I was like so then I just decided to like hang out which was not a good decision on my part but after that yeah I really got it together and and uh yeah and so, I graduated on time, even, even even after that really rough semester. <laughs> I mean, everybody has
0: a rough semester, too.
1: <laughs> um, so how how did you
0: sort of manage? Um, you have these really young kids. You're working. You're going to school. Uh, you don't have a car. How
1: did oh, at you, some point, I did get a car. Good, <laughs> okay, okay, good, good. Wait, wait, wait. It was a while, though. Like, you know what? That's family. I used to go to school at like eight. I used to catch up. Let me tell you. I used to, to be real. I used to catch up with my it. grandma. <laughs> I used to catch up my grandma at eight. She used to go downtown to clean people's houses. And I would stay in school all day. I worked at the... There was this little airline in the South at the time. And I worked in the call center at night. So I would go from there to the airline. And then my grandmother would send my uncle to pick me up at night. <laughs> I did that for a month. It was like... And then she was so cute she would always give me like 50 cents to get some peanut butter crackers because they would give me strength (laughs) so adorable but so that was like when I first my my core that's when I first got there and then at some point I got a car and uh, you know my family was super supportive and you know like my mom was already retired and um and, you know, I have a huge family. So they were really helpful. And then once they turned four, which I guess I was probably now a junior in college, um, we were able to move out because they could go to like Head Start. So I had some, you know, I had, they were old enough to be somewhere else. So then, mm-hmm. So then we moved out close to the campus and I got to live a little bit of a college life at the same time as being a mom, which was kind of nice.
0: What do you think, what do you think, in your like early childhood or just like within you that because in talking to you it doesn't sound like you ever considered oh I can't do this. Like I have these kids now and I can't do this. Like okay I have these kids I'm gonna figure out how to do this. Let me call yeah. this school and ask this question. Let me get there in 30 minutes. Because some people would have been like yeah. oh I've had some of my students be like oh no I can't do it. I'm like I just need you to come over here and do this and it'll be yeah. okay. So what do you think is that thing that 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 made you, or even probably serves you today? Just
1: always go. Yeah, it's a blessing. And, you know, sometimes I let it, ro- like, even after that semester, like, I had some classes. Sometimes I would just boycott a class. Like, I would miss so many, and then I would be like, I can't go back to class. But then at some point in that semester, I'm like, you can't do that, you know? And I would go talk to the professor, and then they would give me some makeup stuff, and it would be like me and the kids doing this makeup stuff. Like, we'd be in the, in the auditorium or in the classroom. I don't know, but there's always a, a, a thing that just, like um, I just have a thing that's like, okay, yeah, I can't, I got to figure a way out of this. Like if I see like a situation is going nowhere or, um, with wherever that is, whether it's like relationship or career, or if I see it's going to go in a direction that it's not what I want. Like when I was in the South, I was like, I was working there and I was like, Oh, I can see how this could become a thing where this is just what I'm doing. I just have to shift. I just make a shift. Mm -hmm. I just make a move. And I think that's it. You just have to make a step. My mama always said, if you make one step, God will make two. So I think if you can just make a step um, and see what happens, you know, but but becoming resigned like this is how it's got to be that's never in my brain I don't ever think this is how it's got to be ever so I would probably say maybe you have to start with mindset if you're thinking like I can't do any more than this I don't um stop thinking that (laughs) you know what I mean like like you gotta you gotta be because one it's not true right it's just not um Uh, It's funny being here in Italy. We're such an old country. And so things are so um, uh, enshrined, kind of. So they actually do have more of this, this is what it is. Mm -hmm. This is my career path. This is, my father did this. Like, in America, we really do have far more of this idea of opportunity. And like, you can shift your situation at any point. Not that it's not difficult, but it's possible. So it's not even true if you're telling yourself you can't do it. You just have to figure out how. Mm-hmm. And that's like you said, ask the how. How, how, can I get out, how can I get out of this? Okay, how can I make a change? What do I need to do to do something different? You just, you just have to ask yourself that question. And know it's possible because it is possible.
0: That's good. That's good. So you get to Chicago. Was that like a shock
1: to your sister? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Chicago was a different kind of place. Chicago was an interesting place. Um, and, uh, you know, when I first went to Chicago, because I am a little bit fearless. So i gone just to scout. I had like $300 in a duffel bag. And I was like, I'll figure this out. I always think I can figure it out. I'll figure this out. And my mother was so concerned. And so we found a family friend. And I went to stay with her on 67th and East End. And I don't know if you know anything about Chicago, but... Sixty-seven and East End is no joke. <laughs> so, like, yeah, it just threw me into a whole new, a whole new thing. Um, but you know, the good thing about Chicago is you could make a lot of money. Then I don't know how it is now because I know everything's kind of done a downturn. But like, you can make a lot. You can work hard and play hard in Chicago. And so, um, at first, I started out as, like I said, a grad school student. So. I was in shows from the beginning when I got there. And so that was difficult because my whole day was taken up. Um, The kids stayed in the South for about six months uh, with my family while I got the apartment and kind of settled my schedule and got things together. Um, And then I started working shortly after that. But it took a lot, like, yeah, Chicago had a lot of hoops to jump through, just strange things. Like on Wednesdays, there was no school after (laughs) noon. You're like, what?
0: What? what am I supposed
1: to do? <laughs> yeah. And in the South, you know, they have farm, it's far more like family oriented. So there's even daycares at the school or aftercare. No, Chicago did not have any of that. Like, it, like unless you had lived there already and knew to figure it out, Um so there was just a lot to, to jump but the same thing I remember being at work and I had taken the kids to school and they were like well you got to come get them at noon today and I was like what so I'm sitting at work wondering I'm like am I gonna have to quit my job like what's happening and then I thought you know what let me look up I looked up the sun times I looked up babies, um child care I found this uh, wonderful old black lady and her daughter that lived three blocks from me I explained the situation like honey don't you worry about it we go we will go get them and it is just fine <laughs> and it, <laughs> Like, you know, and they were so wonderful and worked with me and worked with my money and stuff. And um, and they just sort of became part of the family, too. So, like I said, I think if you just if you just don't take no, you know, don't take no and make that no a yes or at least a possibility, um, then you can keep going forward. A lot of people just take the no and think, OK, well, there's no way this can be done. But I think you have to stop that and take an extra step and consider how it might be able to be done. Just start to think of options. I do know a lot of people who just don't think of options. And uh, I don't know what that is. But it's got to be a a muscle that you can that you can work and strengthen, I would imagine. So that's my encouragement to anybody don't take no or well, they said, keep thinking, keep thinking. I like that a lot.
0: I, I would imagine that that serves you really well as an actress.
1: I mean, well, maybe I think too much, but it, it does serve me in terms of like, um, yes, not becoming stagnant, you know, because it's interesting what's going on in this digital age, right, where there's all these content creators and everything. And I know so many brilliant actors. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you should be creating some stuff. Um, but it's so easy to get into a more locked mindset, especially in Hollywood, right, because they have a way of doing things. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think the always thinking helps with being able to break out of the thought of there's only one way to do things. Mm -hmm. And so then you can create a more interesting space for yourself in a more interesting life. Like even acting, I was like, okay, this is good, but I'm not seeing the world. (laughs) Like, you know, like this is cool, but, mm, you know, like, is this all I'm gonna do? Like, I would like to do some things. And. Um, you have to have some bravery to do that, because a lot of people are like, oh, you're going to leave L.A. right now. What about auditions? Which I have an audition today. <laughs> like, so, so even when you move, you can still do it. But, um, you know, I think you have to know what you want. Right. Um, and for me, I like acting because um, um, I like that it gives me the things that I need to get what I actually want, if that makes any sense. It's like, so some people just want the acting, but I sort of like a whole like life and, and that kind of freedom to be able to roam and move and see things that inspire me. So, um, to me, it's more of a tool to get what I want than like an end result.
0: Yeah. What was that
1: transition like from Chicago to LA? Um, better because like Chicago you know those winters like Chicago was rough LA was a different kind of rough so I had actually gone to New York and then I went to LA because I wasn't sure where I wanted to move I was like so I want to move to LA or New York and New York was just too similar to Chicago in terms of just like the hardness of the life like Mm -hmm. I don't want to be like dragging groceries up like I was just too tired after being in Chicago for a while (laughs) like yeah I'm subway stairs I was like no 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 thanks so LA though um much more pleasant to look at. Much more pleasant weather-wise. It has a, it has, it has an undercurrent that is uh, very um, ugly and harsh. Very harsh. Mm. Like it, so, it seems really picturesque, but it's harsh underneath. You know what I mean? So I always think of New York as harsh on the top, and then right. LA is harsh underneath. Yeah. So, but it was good. I mean, you know, we started living in a really um, great area. And I started working pretty quickly. Um, I did, um, because I wasn't in the union yet. And I ended up doing this reality show where I won a commercial. And then I got in the union within, you know, the first couple months of me getting there, which at that time, the hardest thing for anybody to do was get in the union. When you came Mm. there, you're like, how do I get in the union? I think that's a little different now because there's so much non-union stuff and so much content creating. But at this time where the networks were the gatekeepers, Everybody was like, I got to get in the union. So I did that pretty quickly. And then I started working commercially pretty quickly. Um, I was very, very fortunate to be able to do that. And, um, and, you know, I just worked sort of small. I didn't, because commercials were kind of paying everything. I just kind of did part-time other work. So I used to work at the Laugh Factory, which was more fun than work. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really allowed me to have so much time to, like, you know, be the mom of now middle schoolers right and then uh, then went to high school and uh yeah so it, it, that transition was pretty easy for me mm-hmm. um i have to say much 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 smoother than the first one from south carolina to chicago cuz after chicago you 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 got it you can handle it
0: <laughs> you know what i mean yeah 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 totally so what yeah. what made you say okay i want to start creating my own content now i want to i want to write and direct
1: well it's interesting. So um, the the story was very personal to me. I at some point I some of my friends are just actors and they just love acting, but at some point I think you want to tell your own stories for a lot of artists, right? They mm-hmm. they they're telling other people's stories and they're embodying other people's characters, but if you have something um, that's important to you a lot of times you want to give voice to it so mental health is 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 a very big thing for me and I kind of went back and forth on whether it should be sort of a docu style but I feel like narrative um narrative filmmaking really helps people connect with situations they might not otherwise connect to so I wrote it and my plan was just to produce it and um and I was deciding whether or not to act in it but after I was meeting with my uh, co-producer, her name is Landy Maduro, fabulous woman, um, and another producer, uh, Stelio Savante. They were like, "I think you have to direct this," because we were meeting with directors, and they saw that I had such a strong point of view. Mm-hmm. They were like, "I think you're going to need to do this," and they were they were absolutely right. At that time, I was only had only really been an actor, so I didn't even have a full view of what a director did. Um, Uh, of the that they like they really like carry the vision and bring their vision to it Mm -hmm. so they convinced me to direct and um and And it was, uh, it shocked me how well I kind of like fit right into that realm. Cause it's really like having kids. You put out a whole bunch of fires, you know, making these two people getting along, make sure these people have their homework, make sure everything (laughs) is in order. I feel like every Black woman could be an amazing director. You know what I'm saying? It is keeping things in order, keeping things on time, um, having the vision, having like real organization, um, and then having the skills to uh, bring everybody together. Uh, to be on the same page, to tell that story that they're there to do, make everyone feel appreciated and make everyone feel valuable. Um, and so I was really happy to have such a great environment on set. I think everyone felt that way. Everyone was so super dedicated to the project um, and we've won some awards. And I think the film is opening up a dialogue about mental health in our community, uh, which is um, absolutely needed. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, I love that like celebrities like Taraji and I think um, the Jamie Fox or Kevin Hart said something about mental health the other day and how it's real and, and you know, how a lot of people are suffering. It's just been something that's been sort of swept under the rug so long in our community. Um, and that's not helping us, right. Uh, you know, from whether it's PTSD from the trauma of life, like in Chicago, or um, you know, single moms just bearing the brunt of the world, and 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 trying to be superwoman through it, to you know, black men and and dealing with family and jobs and 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 discrimination, and you know, all of those things, um, you you don't just take them in and it's, they, they don't affect you. So I just think that we all um, can benefit from um understanding we don't have to be the strongest people in the world and maybe it's good to seek help whenever you need it and then there's the more severe mental illnesses that we also sweep under the rug right we just you know something was wrong with him or he's off or you know what i mean or you know you don't really just talk about whatever's wrong with this person which then gives them a lot of shame i think and just Mm -hmm. makes them even the person who doesn't want to talk about it feel shame so i'm very much about ending the stigma um of of even severe mental health disorders because it's just a brain disease Mm -hmm. you know it doesn't mean anyone did anything wrong it's something that has to be managed and i think the more that we talk about it the better outcomes we'll have
0: awesome i'm so grateful for folks like you um utilizing your gifts and your platforms to um To amplify, you know, how important it is for folks to pay attention to mental health, um, to to mental illnesses and to, you know, not stigmatize people and and understand that it's a regular part of who this person is. And we just got to figure out how to help them function um, as best as possible
1: in society with a level of
0: dignity, you know?
1: Yeah. And it's so interesting because like when like, you know, when mental illness hit my family and I was very... You know, I'm very vocal about it because I didn't I didn't know you weren't supposed to talk about it. I didn't know it was supposed to be some sort of uh, awful secret. So I would just be like, yeah, you know, this is what's happening. And I was amazed what amazed me. And one of the reasons I wanted to write it was 98 percent of the people, maybe 99 percent of the people who I told about what was happening. I tried, you know, my family member doesn't really like to discuss like hasn't accepted uh, it because of stigma so I try to keep that part private but but people who know me know and 90 about 98 99 percent of people who I told the story all had a story mm-hmm. people I've known for 10 15 years oh you know my uncle's got schizophrenia and I'm his caretaker oh you know I was in an institution because I tried to kill myself oh yeah you know, people I've known 15 plus years mm-hmm. I was like what like you know, these, so I just couldn't believe the amount of stories people had that were just buried or they couldn't talk about, or, um, they, you know, they, and I don't know if it's just because it's not socially acceptable or they themselves felt shame, Mm -hmm. but I was just, or people who hadn't seen their children in years Mm -hmm. because, you know, they're, they're off and they, they couldn't handle them and they didn't have any, any way of, of containing the situation. So many people, person after person after person. And so I just became a big advocate of sharing our stories Mm -hmm. um, because you don't need to suffer in silence. Like there is a whole community that can support you if we can learn to support each other and not judge because I guarantee you, Everybody has a story, you know what I mean? If it's not their immediate family, it's the next circle or it's their best friend's family. Like it's just one in five people have a have a a severe mental illness at any time that actually affects their lives. And I'm sure one in four, I think, is like, you know, has anxiety or depression or some PTSD or something. So the numbers are too huge to not be affecting you. Mm -hmm. So I think we have to get rid of the stigma and we have to look at those people. Right. Uh, like before I left L.A., the homeless population, it was just off the charts. Um, and it's so easy to ride by them. But less somebody's father or mother or daughter or son. Uh, it could be your brother or sister. So starting to see them with some humanity, I think is the first step to then going on and getting a coalition to change some laws, to change that kind of thing. Because they can't advocate for themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, And until people are willing to talk about it, like, you know, the HIV activists, you know what I mean? Like who... Mm -hmm push that so far that now HIV is just a livable condition with medication. I I think, you know, mental illness isn't a sexy disease. It's not something people want to be associated with. So we flounder, you know, and I think that has to change. So I'm so grateful for the celebrities and stuff that are coming out that are being so much more honest and, and open about what's going on with them. I know Taraji did a, did an interview where she talked about She thought about suicide. You know, all of those things are so important because it's happening in our community. Mm -hmm. I did a I did a talk with these pastors in L.A., Department of Mental Health partners with them, did a partnership to try to bring faith into the process to help people. And the pastors were very honest about like, we don't know what to do here. Like, yeah, we are their first line where they come, um, but we don't have the training for this. And they most of them had had suicides in their church within that year. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think bringing awareness is important so that people know they're not alone and that whatever they're feeling um isn't just them and so maybe it'll be okay to talk about it to to say something to somebody you know to get some help it's not a weakness especially with covid everybody's affected i left the us <laughs> you know what i'm saying it's like you know like so you have to just protect your mental health um and if 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 you're at the point where that's too difficult for you to do on your own you have to reach out
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mhm. lovely thank you so so much for sharing Mm -hmm. all of that so now we're gonna shift to our lightning round Um, (laughs) which is just a couple of fun quick questions don't think about it too much just give me your answers okay all right so the first question is what is your favorite color black okay what is your favorite dessert
1: chocolates um your celebrity crush Ooh, celebrity crush, dude. I have a celebrity crush. Who would my celebrity crush be? That is a tough one. <laughs> I have no, oh, you know who I like. I like that, John Bodega. What's his name? Uh-huh. The bodega? I think it's I bodega. Like yeah.
0: I've been telling he's he's British, right?
1: yeah did you see that he did a he did a whole thing that, that somebody filmed when he was talking about honoring black women and we need to do better by our black women I was also keep it to go ahead, boy so that's my crush <laughs> love he's <it>. talking right <laughs> he's talking right i think he got some abs i'm all good for it like yes yes that's love my it. celebrity crush <laughs> i love it um guilty pleasure oh gosh what is my guilty pleasure hmm. <laughs> let me think about it <laughs> I don't know. (laughs) Um, I know my guilty pleasure. I'll give you an option. Okay. Thanks. the, The other option is what's
0: something that people would be surprised to know about you?
1: Oh gosh. Well that I am, am still a little bit of an introvert. I seem pretty extroverted, but, uh, but I spend a lot of I'm I'm a bit of a homebody I mean here I'm out a lot more but I tend to be I tend to have a very small circle um and be a little bit more introverted nice my friends would even say that's not true but they are wrong (laughs) (laughs) so last question who plays Jillian in the
0: story of her life and what genre is it is it um a comedy (laughs) is it a drama is it a musical is it a stage play
1: Oh, it's so funny. Hmm. I think it would be a film. Um. Who would play me? Me, my current me. Any, any would play play me going up. Any version. Any version. Hmm. That is also a hard question. Um, I don't know who it played with. let's that's go an with answer. let's go with Chicago college into Chicago you know what I don't know that many actresses of that age I think that's what <laughs> uh, that's with, that's what's like knocking me against the wall. I don't know many you know because I'm not 20. <laughs> so, I'm like, who are the 20 year old actresses? I don't. I don't okay, what, I don't, about, I,
0: I, what about current you? Current you that got on the plane
1: and left us all to go to. to uh, you Italy. know who could have been me? Okay, so let's see. I'm going to say, if, now this is in her younger days. Um, I'm going to say um, 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 Le- Layla Rashawn. I mm-hmm. think we have a similar energy. hmm. You know, okay. she has that kind of fun thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I, you know, and I think she can also do serious, but she sort of has sort of my playful vibe. Is that her name? Layla Rashawn? Layla Rashawn, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to say her, like I'm thinking back in the what's that Eddie Murphy and Red Fox movie, Harlem Nights, you know, mm-hmm. she that. so she had her little curvate, you know, got a similar shape, kind of curvaceous and kind of bubbly. So I would say she could do that part of my personality. Maybe I could have another actress play that more like when I'm not playing around. I don't know who that would be. Maybe that's Vivica Fox or something when it's like, oh, that's what we are finna do? Okay, let's go. Like, so I got a duality. I have two sides going on. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much
0: for taking the time to talk to us. Like I think Season, our theme is dope black women doing dope black women things, and I love you know, you have your film, your you know, shining a light on mental health. You help other actors and, and other people through coaching and you're just being a light out here and just like, we appreciate yeah. you.
1: And then love- I'm working on a project here. Cause I feel like it's very interesting to be black here. Like I feel mm. like, you know, with, with what happened with Trump and everything, I see so many people want to make their black sit. And so it's very interesting learning how American I am in another place. So mm. I'm very excited about that project. So definitely, uh, uh, follow me on Instagram and you guys can learn more about that. We'll be putting some stuff out soon, hopefully. So
0: tell us where we can find you
1: um, on social media and otherwise. So um, I'm the only Jillian at the only Jillian on uh, Instagram. Mm-hmm. And then Jillian Reeves on Twitter and Clubhouse. Um, and then JillianRees.com. for my film it's called Broken and broken.movie is that uh, website and then also um, I think it's it's the movie it's the movie Broken on Instagram but if you go to Jillian at the only Jillian all of those things are in my bio awesome thank you so much Jillian we appreciate you. you thank you for having me I appreciate you sis thank you for what you're doing can't wait to see this season of your podcast
0: awesome
1: inspire a person thank you for listening i hope you enjoyed
0: jillian's story i know i certainly needed to hear that piece of motivation of taking one step and god will take two i have one more episode to bring to you in this series of dope black women doing dope black women things and so as always be sure to follow me on instagram at dr keisha that's dr underscore k-e-i-s-h-a And be sure to share this episode with friends and like and leave a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. Just want to remind you again that I do have a free Skillshare course on podcasting that you can check out that link is in my Instagram bio. And if you're not interested in podcasting and you just want to learn a new skill, go ahead and check out that link and you will be able to get a membership for 14 days for free. All right. Talk to you soon. And as always, be intentional.